Welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. In our last broadcast, we were reviewing Chapter 26, Article 8 of the London Baptist Confession of 1689. We covered that the officers are, one, appointed by Christ, two, chosen and set apart by the congregation, and three, for the administration of the ordinances. The fourth item listed is for execution of power or duty which God entrusts with or calls them to. Obviously, no officer has the right or authority to function in any capacity that is not authorized by the Holy Scriptures. For example, no minister or deacon has the power to rule over any congregation in which he does not pastor or reside. Neither are there denominational heads or officers authorized by the Lord, but we plan to discuss this more when we specifically look at the officers individually. While the pastor is to be a shepherd, that is, Christ's under-shepherd, and watch for the souls of the people under his care, he must not be a lord over them to dictate every event of their lives. For example, while it is the minister's duty to teach modest dress, it is not his job to regulate colors and other trivial matters of dress. Also, the deacon is to be a help in support to the ministry but it is not his function to regulate what the minister is to preach and teach the congregation. If the officers of the congregation would would continually bear in mind that they are servants of and to the congregation, I believe it will go a long way in preventing them from exceeding their duties and obligations in honoring the Lord. With this being said... They must execute the duty entrusted them by God. They must not shirk their responsibility. They must preach and teach all the counsel of God. Too often ministers fail to preach certain subjects because it will cause them hardships or they will lose popularity. For example, there have been times when ministers agreed with me in in private about a sensitive matter to later oppose me in public when discussing it because they wanted to go along with the majority. They did not want the people to think ill of them. They desired the praises of men more than being faithful to the truth of the Word of God. They failed to execute their duty to the Holy Scriptures. The minister must maintain the proper balance of being faithful to the Lord and to His Word on the one hand, but he must not lord it over the conscience of the saints on the other. Sometimes this is extremely difficult, but for the honor of the Lord and the purity of the house of God, it must be done. The fifth point given is that these officers are to continue to the end of the world. By this, we find that these are the only officers that Christ gave to the assembly and that no others are to be added. Equally, this point declares that the congregation of God, 
will be in existence somewhere on this earth until he until the return of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11:26 when speaking of the Lord's Supper declares that this is showing the Lord's death till he come. Various congregations come and go, but there will be at least one, I believe there will be more, congregation that is truly contending for the faith when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to this earth. Obviously, there must be an assembly practicing this ordinance when the Lord returns. Since the congregation will be here when our Lord returns, Likewise, his officers will be present until that time. Now we come to the sixth item listed, which declares that such officers are bishops or elders and deacons. This is the heart of the matter regarding the officers that Christ established for the congregation to properly function. Therefore, we shall give specific attention to these words and their use in the New Testament. Though there are many words used to describe these officers and the office they occupy, there are basically three that we will consider. The Greek words are as follows. For bishop, the word is episkopos. For elder, the word is presbyteros. For deacon, the word is diakonos. To see that the words for bishop and elder refer to the same office, see Acts 20, 17, and 28. Verse 17 says, And from Miletus he, that is Paul, sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church or congregation. In verse 28, Paul said, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church, the congregation of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. The Greek word for overseer is episkopos, from which bishop is translated. Therefore, when Paul addressed his epistle to the congregation at Philippi, saying, quote, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, he was signifying the two officers of the congregation, bishops or elders and deacons. Before looking at the Greek words behind these offices, it must be noted that nothing is said in the scriptures about qualifications for women officers in the congregations. In fact, the Word of God is plain regarding this subject. 1 Timothy 2, 11-14 states, Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Why is this? First, it's because God said so. Second, 
is because Adam was first created and therefore the man is to have the leadership role. Third, is because the basic nature of the woman is of such that she is more easily deceived than the man. Notice that God said that the man was not deceived, but the woman was deceived in the garden. Equally, the Lord instructed the congregation at Corinth regarding the role of women in the assembly. He said, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. While this is not popular with many people, these passages should satisfy any Bible-believing Christian. We are well aware that the general trend of modern religion teaches contrary to this. Even many professing Christians maintain that women have equal rights and role in the assembly. However, nothing can be plainer than what God has given. Obviously, the older women are to teach the younger women in a domestic setting, Titus 2, verses 2 through 5, and women such as Phoebe, Clement, and Priscilla, and others, have their place in the kingdom. See Romans 16, verses 1 through 4, Philippians 4, 3, Acts 18, 26. But there are no official offices ordained by the Lord in the house of God. No, not even women missionaries. In 1 Corinthians 9, 5, it says, Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Though Peter and others had wives that traveled with them, nothing is mentioned of their wives being officers in the congregation or preaching and teaching the scriptures as they traveled with their husbands. Since the Sunday school program is a modern invention of men, it too is not authorized by the Lord for men or women to teach. Again, I want to be clear. Women do have an important role in the kingdom, and their work is extremely valuable. The Lord willing, I may say more about this later, but our subject matter is ecclesiastical government in the congregation and the role of the officers ordained by the Lord. As previously stated, the Greek word for bishop or overseer is episkopos, and the basic meaning is superintendent. It is found five times in the New Testament, Acts 20.28, 20, Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, 1 Timothy 3.2, Titus 1.7, and 1 Peter 2.25. To fully understand the office with the use of this word, there are two related words that should be considered. They are episcopeo and episcopae. 
The first word is found in Hebrews 12, 15, 1 Peter 5, 2. The second word is found in Luke 19.44, Acts 1.20, and 1 Timothy 3.1, and 1 Peter 2.12, respectively. We previously noted that the word overseer in Acts 20.28 and bishop in Philippians 1.1 are the same Greek word, episkopos. In 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 and 2, and in Titus 1, 7, we see that episcopae and episcopos are used together regarding the qualifications of this officer. It is interesting that the character and conduct of the man is given far more than his ability to stand before an audience and preach a sermon or teach a lesson. In fact, the only qualifications given for teaching or preaching are one, apt to teach, 1 Timothy 3.2, and two, hold fast faithful words taught to him that he is able by sound doctrine to exhort and convince gainsayers, Titus 1.9. The word episcopate as found in Acts 120 refers to Judas's office as an apostle. This lends to the idea that while the apostolic office was unique and limited to the age of the New Testament, the function of that office was much like that of the bishop or elder in the congregation. It was an office that functioned as an overseer within the congregation and did not rule over it. We saw this previously as we discussed the conference at Jerusalem as found in Acts chapter 15 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 regarding the instructions given to the congregation at Corinth by the Apostle Paul regarding the discipline of the man who was sleeping with his father's wife. The word episcopeo is found in 1 Peter 5 too where Peter teaches that the elder is to take the oversight of the flock. The word oversight is from this Greek word. Notice the context of 1 Peter 5, 1-3. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. While the elder or bishop is to take the oversight of the flock, it is to be done in such a way that he is not a lord over the flock. He is to do so in such a way that he leads by example. Notice that Peter not only makes a connection of eldership and overseeing the flock, but includes himself in this office and does not elevate or separate himself as an apostle to govern over the congregation. However, our time is up for today. 
but the Lord willing, we will discuss this passage more in our next broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.